but I couldn't help having that little bit of I hope so, that this place would be different. That's the thing with new beginnings. Sometimes they're more than just starting over again. Sometimes they change things. There are more boxes in the van, Mom said, carrying a laundry basket full of kitchen stuff past me and across the flagstones leading up to the front porch steps. I'll get them in a minute, I promised. Ansel needs to stretch. But really, I wanted to take my first New Hampshire photo before I went inside and everything got busy. Whenever we move, I take a picture as soon as we arrive. It always makes me feel a little braver, knowing that on some future day I can look back at that photo, taken when it was new and scary, and think, I made it. Like creating a memory in reverse. On the drive from Massachusetts to New Hampshire, I'd been thinking about what my first photo would be. When Dad said he'd found us a lovely red cottage on a lake, it sounded fancy. Dad always said that red is a great color in a photograph, so I thought for sure I'd take a picture of our new house. But this washed-out red seemed to disappear into the woods behind it. The gambrel roof and two long windows above the porch made it look like an old barn with white-rimmed, tired eyes watching the lake. This house didn't look like it was supposed to be quirky, though. It looked like whoever built it didn't really know how. So I turned to see what the house was looking at. The bright blue lake, puckered by darker waves, and the four mountains. Three graceful curves and one sharp peak, rising above the pine trees across the water. When we lived in Vermont three years ago, there were mountains too, but this would be my first time living on a lake. Let's go down to the beach, I said, but Ansel pulled backward on his leash. It's okay, you don't have to go swimming. We'll just look at the water. Ansel's only 15 pounds, but those 15 can feel like a 100 when I'm tugging him to come and he's pulling back. No way. I had to carry him. Between the lawn and the lake were thousands of smooth, soft-colored rocks. White, gray, rust, yellow, and tan. They crunched under my feet, sounding like marbles rubbing together or scrabble pieces as you mix them up. Flip-flops are the wrong shoes for this, I thought as my foot slid to the side. Ansel's nose twitched at the unfamiliar lake smell, weedy and a tiny bit fishy. Out in the middle, the water was sparkling pretty, like someone had spilled a whole bottle of glitter out there. But up close, an icky border of bright yellow pollen floated along the lake's edge. Beyond the pollen, a school of tiny minnows swam along, shifting directions quickly. This way. No, that way. Who's in charge here? When I set Ansel on the sand, he immediately leaned down to sniff a little brown moth that was stuck in the pollen, fluttering. The moth might already be too wet, too exhausted to live. But I found a leaf to scoop him out of the water and placed him gently on a rock so he could dry his wings. Even half a chance beats none. Holding my camera to my eye, I saw I had ruined my shot. Now the colors were too close. Drab brown moth on drab brown rock. And there was no story. 
It was just a moth stuck to a rock. Dad would have thought of the photo first. He would have shot the moth struggling in the pollen and found a way to make people care, even though it was just a plain, ordinary, dying bug. Dad's an amazing photographer, and he says it's just as important to show the hard things in the world as it is to show the beautiful ones. Even in the midst of horrible things, there are little bits of wonder, and all of it's true. Ansel barked. Switching off my camera, I glanced where his nose pointed. On the beach next door was a row of kayaks, and an older lady was standing on the dock. Sitting next to her were a boy and a girl, both about my age, with their feet in the water and towels draped around their shoulders. Smaller kids were swimming nearby, just their heads showing above the waves. Grandma Lila, watch me, a small voice